are live. Welcome, 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 everyone, to your edition. Welcome, your latest edition to Everything Real Estate Podcast with your host, Maurice Muhammad, from a Torchlight Real Estate Academy, a Torchlight Realty, Progressive Realty. We are here today um, with our special guest, Mr. Derek Luckett. Um, and he's going to share with you some of his experience, strength, and hope. Um, he is a man of many hats. He's going to share with us. We are um, sharing lately information to the community and to the public based on the COVID, the COVID pandemic. And we're we're expressing hope for individuals, you know, salespersons, and those that may have. Um, some fears and some, and you know, may, may be absent, maybe apprehensive about what's going on and dealing with with this time that we're in. We're in trouble sometimes. Um, we air everything real estate. Everything real estate podcast is a podcast for the community, for the public. And our intention is to share value with you and give you information so that you can come and bring, you know, bring your questions, bring your real estate questions, and anything that you have real estate related, you can bring it here and get it answered. So. With that out the way, um, I would like to bring on Derek Luckett. He can tell us about who he is. And um, he's with Destiny Six Financial Mortgage and Real Estate Company. And Derek, floor is yours. Let us know who you are and what you do. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you for everything that you're doing. I think by you having this platform to let them know exactly what's good in real estate is a blessing to the community and across the nation as well. I'm in San Diego, California. My name is Derek Luckett. I'm the owner of Destiny Six Financial Mortgage and Real Estate. Uh, we do everything here from uh, credit to keys. We take care of everything. We help a person get into a property. We educate them on it. I am also a branch manager for a HUD um, agency, which is NID. Uh, I am the founder of the local chapter uh, for the realtist, which is the black real estate professionals. Uh, I'm the local chapter here in San Diego. Um, and on a national scale, I am the national mortgage lending, uh, chair committee. Um, so I, I chair that committee. Uh, so we got quite a bit of information we can help you with. I'm also a business entrepreneur. Um, I own the real estate, the mortgage, and we also own a daycare center. I've owned several barbershops, a restaurant. So I'm pretty knowledgeable about some stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's who I am. So you tell me what you want me to talk about, and I'm all yours, Maurice. So um, can you tell us, um, you know, um, the name of your business you gave us. So what do you do? You know, so what do you do? You know, what's your day-to-day? -day, you know, what do you do in your business? And, you know. What do you do? You know, I, you know, you, you do mortgages and everything. Real uh, mortgages, you do mortgages, you do um, barbershop, you do. So, what's your day to day like now in light of the pandemic and everything's gone? Because I know um, in our state, real estate is not an essential business. Our property management business is, but real estate, they're not. We're not recognized as, as an essential business. So can you share any tips with those that, you know, um, as it relates to with COVID-19 and everything right now based sure. on? Well, well, based on your question, I think there's a couple of things that we have to get um, a little clarity on for. You're not essential in 
Pennsylvania. Where you at, Maurice? In Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania. Oh, we're essential in okay. New Jersey. <laughs> we're essential in New Jersey. We're right. essential here in California as well. Gotcha. So uh, at first we were not. About a week went by and we were. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So my day-to-day -day is a little bit different. Uh, my day-to-day -day is still getting up early in the morning before daylight pretty much and figuring out what all I got to do and getting prepared. But what that also means is, you know, I can be prepared but not be prepared because you never know what phone call you're going to get in our business. But if I were to say on a norm, I am basically um, looking for financing, uh, financing for families that are looking to either refinance or purchase. I may be looking at someone's credit report that day to see what we need to do have them to do to be able to qualify. I may be looking for properties for someone. Uh, so that day is a, it's a full day when you finish doing all those things. And that's normally my day to day. Anything else is going to be added to that. Of course, it's, okay. it's in there somewhere. But the main thing is, is that I, I normally get up thinking about other people trying to figure out how do I make this happen for them and their dreams, making their dreams a reality. Absolutely. So that being a question, so what is for a person that may be interested in getting qualified and purchasing a home, what does that look like for them? Is that, you know, what does that look like for them right now in, in the climate? Okay. Are you seeing any in the climate? Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. In this climate. Okay. Well, in this climate, Maurice, you have to look at that. Uh, one of the things that they're doing, the banks are tightening up. They want to make sure that people are able to afford to repay the money that they're borrowing. They want them to be employed. They're going to check now, even if the day before they close, they're going to check and make sure you're still employed all the way to the last minute. Uh, one thing that they're doing also is changing credit scores. They're moving the, the guidelines where it was you can get in a house with a 580 or a 620. Now some of the major banks, such as Wells Fargo, Chase, they're moving scores now to 700. You got to be over 700. Thanks. Some of them are eliminating the down payment assistance programs and saying you got to come in with 20% down. So th that's going to rule out a huge population of people. And that population, most of those people will look like you and I because mm -hmm. it's hard for us to come up with that 20% down. So theoretically, it sounds good from them, uh, from their side, I guess, to make sure that people are paying. But on our side, we have to look at it from the angle of how many black homeowners will we be able to help get into properties because of that scoring model? Uh, because we have the least, uh, we earn the least amount of income. We were not in uh, the, the prime jobs to, to help us out on that. You got your systemic racism is still in place. So we had a lot of moving parts that we don't like to talk about, but I have to talk about them because if I'm gonna help a family, we need to know the good, the bad, and the ugly of their credit because that's what it's really based on and their ability to repay. So with this COVID-19 out there, that's a major, major thing that could be a hindrance uh, because of that change, because um, you're not able to get out and look at properties. Um, it can it can hurt people even in the real estate and mortgage industry, especially if they're considered as non-essential. Wow. Yeah. So you touched on a couple of things, you know, one being the um I uh, had that experience, had a deal that stopped and because of the industry, the buyer had changed the industry. So before the lender was comfortable with moving forward with lending, they wanted to see 30 days of work history for the new job. So normally in that normal case, that type of a deal would not have been affected because it was continuous employment. You know, it wasn't affected. 
they just changed industries and they just changed, but they're continuously working. But now in this climate, specifically because of what's going on, the lender decided, well, um, not only are we going to not, we're going to hold up the loan, um, we're going to um, wait and see. We need to see 30 days of of um, consistency, you know, that they're able, that, that they're able to, to. So to your point, you know, that, that that's that's definitely affecting us here, you know, in the same way. You mentioned you mentioned um, systemic, you know, relates to mortgages. We definitely know that that's why we do, you know, what we do. Um, how how do you see that in California? Because tickets prices are a little different than, than here. Higher point price points in California. Okay. You're saying how do I see? Ask me again. I'm so sorry. No, 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 it, no. it went out for a moment. So how how do you see that affecting on the mortgage side? Because you're in you're in a unique position. You do mortgages and real estate. So how do you see that That's affecting right. us as you know, um, black and brown? as it relates to mortgages? Well, as I stated, it's gonna be a little bit more difficult and especially out here because different counties have a different price points as to where they can, how high they'll go on the property values, not meaning on loan amounts. Uh, so some of those loan amounts are already restricted. San Diego, the average price of a home out here, the median price is about $600,000. That is the median price for a home. So that makes it that much more difficult for people to be able to buy and afford a home out here. So we have to come up with different ways. And, and some of those ways can be good and utilized everywhere because we in such a high point price point area. Uh, one of the things that I've talked to some families about doing is to create a family plan. Maybe two of you can live together and buy a property. Take the equity off of that property later on and split up and go buy your own individuals, but you start earning some equity right away. You know, so we have to come up with different ways, make it a partnership agreement so that you can write it off. Both of you can write the interest off on your taxes, you know, and share all together, um, you know, uh, in the equity, the cost of it, the management of it, you learn how to manage a home. Then you turn around and go your separate ways because you can split that equity at that point, And then you can do your own thing, but we have to get a little bit more creative are we having problems here on getting folks in homes? We do because of the affordability, because there's a different thing. One is housing affordability and the other one is affordable housing. We have both of those issues. Mm -hmm. So yes, we have issues. Yes, we try to work through them. And yes, we have to be a little bit more creative when it comes to some of these folks getting in homes. So what do you see as creative financing strategies and tips that you see that in your area? Because you mentioned about a point that they could work every day, not only will work there, but they can work in other places. So creative financing tips or financing scenarios that work, that you see working to get, to make house homeownership a reality. Okay, well, one of the things is, is pretty much what I just shared with you. Let's say a mother and daughter, they mm -hmm. already live together. They're renting together. Both of them are already renting together, or maybe you have someone let me let me use i'm gonna say stick with the mother and daughter but here was the situation the daughter lived in texas the mother lived in san diego mother was renting a property the daughter fell off of a ladder she injured herself she had a brain injury hmm. the mother inherited the daughter bringing her in to take care of her to help her with her stuff so they're both now renters in a they're renting a house mm -hmm. so what i did was had a conversation with them because 
The mother had not owned the house she was renting, as I stated, and they ended up buying a house together. They both moved in. Her son moved in to help them both out. She, The mother is 74 years old. The daughter's 50, 50 years old. And her son is 26 years old. So we got three generations in one home. So I will say that that, that was a plan that they didn't see. And the mother cried. She was so excited that she was able to buy her very first home at 74 years old. Wow. So those are the of things that we're able to do if we strategize, if we figure it out, and we know we want ownership. Because ownership, again, that's generational wealth. Now it can go to the 50-year-old, it can go to the 26-year-old, and it can stay in that family if they strategize and do it the right way. But one of the main things I'll share with you, Maurice, is to make sure that everybody understands that they need to put it in a trust. Mm. The home needs to go into a trust. And that's something we don't talk about a lot Absolutely. because we don't understand it. We weren't educated by our parents or our parents wasn't educated by theirs, but they have to take that property out of their name and put it in a trust. Because if it's not, then something happens, then that house actually can go to the state for determination as to what needs to be done. Because you, now you got to take it to the probate courts. Right. Now the money is getting eaten up, the equity is getting eaten up. So that was a, that's one of the tips I will share. I think that's an important tip. Time, time, that's a valuable tip. So, yep, you know, if I know you're not a trust attorney and that's not your business, but um, if you if you if you um, can share just a little bit a little bit more about what a trust is, you know. Sure. Yes, sir. Well, a trust is the trust is essentially you speaking to say, and again, I'm not an attorney. It's, it's just what I've seen it do. It prevents you from having to go to court. It tells your family, it's almost you speaking to your family from the grave because it's the conversation you never had with someone. You're saying, if something happens to me, I bank at this bank. Here's the account numbers. If I worked at this job, I have a 401k. Make sure you get my 401k. Make sure you do this. And it leaves them the legal right to do that because you're going to leave an error in charge someone who you know is responsible. You may raise all your kids the same or the parent may raise all the kids the same, but it doesn't mean they're all have that same level of responsibility or that same level of business. So you have to figure out who's the most reliable, who would follow your wishes to a T and make sure that the other children get what they have entitled to them, inherited to them from your words that you leave documented. The house should be in there. Your bank account should be in there. Your retirement should be in there. Even if you have paid off vehicles, that too should be in there. So now you're given instruction as to what needs to be done uh, from the grave. Now, if they don't have that, then the state steps in and they name an administrator. They'll say this person shows the burden of proof that he or she was entitled to be in charge. And here's why. But then you got the battle amongst the kids, you know, at that point, everybody's fighting to be in charge of the state. So I think that, you know, to if you can hear the words that's coming out of my mouth right now, go get your trust. It's about twelve to fifteen hundred bucks, but it's well worth it because it's gonna save your family thousands of dollars versus twelve to fifteen hundred bucks. Wow, I thank you for that. So now for those that might say, well, what about a will? Uh, you know, if I do a will, you know, um, what's can I do a will? Um, or, you know, is, is a trust 
better, what, what's the difference between a trust and a will? Well, a will is what you were willing to do in a sense. That's the way I see it. This is what I really, this is what I wanted to do. But a will can be contested. Gotcha. A will can be contested by anyone. Mm-hmm. So I would, the stronger one that I've seen work, and I'm only speaking off of experience of what I've seen work. I have not seen a will work. What I have seen work is the trust. And most of my clients, I always advise them on it, whether they take my advice or not. I advise them on it. I ask them right off the bat, who's your most responsible child to make sure that this is distributed possible uh, the way it should be. Or they can be co, you can name two. If you want two people to be uh, successor trustees, you can name that. But but bottom line is, is that if you don't plan on passing that property down, that property, you can name in there all property, but you have to be precise when it comes to your home. You have to say, I want this property located at this address with this parcel number named in the trust. So if it's not, it doesn't mean all property, you know, nice. because that's a big to do. And then they're still fighting over it. Nice. Good stuff. So it's safe to say that in the will, this is what I'm willing to do. But in the trust, you can trust that this is going what, what I'm going to do. <laughs> what's going to happen. <laughs> you can trust that I wrote it down. Yeah. And it's in words and it's in legal terminology. That's gotcha. what that trust is. Gotcha. Now, not that a will won't be honored, but you got to make sure it is honored. You may have to get an attorney involved still to make sure it's involved. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. when you've already done the trust part of it, you may not have to go through all of those expenses. Again, I am not an attorney. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what I've seen work and what I advise for my clients because I know that it works. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for that, man. So, we have a question from. Carlton H. Brown Sr. Um, he says, uh, can you explain California PEAD for showing property? Is that, I um, don't you know what that is about California? Yeah, that is the COVID-19 real estate form. Um, they've created forms that says that the client needs to be prepared when they go out into, um, when they go into a home because of the COVID-19 it said it's almost a disclaimer too. It kind of says you're entering at your own risk. Um, the, the seller knows you're coming in. The seller signs documents. You have your buyer to sign documents before they go out and view the property. So everybody's aware. It's just full disclosure. And again, these are forms that are California specific. So I don't know if this is going to help your other people on another uh, across the nation, but in California, that's a required form during the COVID nineteen. And well, it was in, it, it was guy across there's California people on here. So that he may be from California. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he is. Huh? That's our local board president. Oh, he's that's our, our local board. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought okay. Carlton, thanks mm-hmm. for tuning in. Yep. And there's your 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 website there for yep. So if you want to since we're on that note, do you want to um mention anything on NARAP? Um and how uh, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, NARAB, uh, first and foremost, NARAB has been around a very, very long time. Uh, NARAB is the National Association of Real Estate Brokers, and it was born out of a need. The need was because African-Americans were not uh, allowed to be realtors back in 1947. So since they weren't allowed to be realtors, we created our own, and we sued for the right to be called realtist. And uh, so we are realtist. Uh, there's realtors. Um, I am a realtor also. 
uh, but I am mainly a realtor's inside out, okay? And simply what that means is because we fight for more than just property rights of owners. We, we fight for uh, property rights for all, is democracy and housing. So uh, that covers a wide range of territory, everything from making sure you have a decent place to live, meaning fair housing, fair lending. We fight for the laws of housing legislation to make sure that we are uh, protecting everyone who needs housing, uh, whether it's homeless or whatever the case may be. We try to think of the individual that's residing in the property. Nice, thank you for that, for that share. Um, so, so can you tell us what is it, what's your secret sauce? What works, what makes it, what's your secret sauce? You know, the, what makes your business work? What make it work for you? You know, what do you do that, that's different? That's- Well, you know what, first of all, the, when you- Pardon the slang. Yeah, well, I understand what you're saying. You know, bottom line is, is that each and every day, I think we have to be committed to the cause. Right. We have to be committed to the cause of taking care of our families, we have to be committed to the cause of taking care of what what um, what's important to other families as well, because we're in a real position of um, where they're looking for us for guidance in housing. Um, so I get up every day, just like whether I'm on a Saturday or Sunday, and I try to do the best I can do that day, whether it is helping someone to locate a property, whether it's helping someone to get their credit in order, whether it's helping somebody who need a pair of shoes and I got an extra pair. You know, those type of things is what we have to do as an individual. Um, I th think a lot of it, the secret sauce is giving. The giving part, what you can do for kindness, you know, kindness shouldn't have a cost associated with it if you're doing it from the heart. If you're doing it because you're expecting something back or you're looking for something to brag about because you did it, you know, then you, you know, that's not a secret. Everybody knows who you are and know what you're doing. But if you were trying to do it from the heart, they can see that also, mm -hmm. you know, so a lot of stuff that I'm supposed to be charging people for, I don't, and maybe I'm losing out that way, but I get so many other rewards in so many other different ways that it's, it's, uh, it's, it's working, you know, so I wouldn't call it a secret sauce. I'll just call it the gift of life and sharing, you know, sharing that gift of life with somebody and making sure that you leave them in a better position than when you, than when you met them. Right. Nah, thank you for that. Yeah, it's about, you know, giving. Um, you know, we're practicing Ramadan now in this month, and it's my favorite time of the year because it's opportunity you can give, and, you know, it's the time to share. That whole month is dedicated to giving. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for this opportunity to give in this information because sharing in food is not only, you know, the act of giving, but the word and helping others to be successful is a, and what's what's more important is the guidance and being able That's to right. guide, you know give some guidance you know offer some guidance to those that are um striving to get some real estate done so do you see this as your calling uh yes yeah so yes you know i i just just to give you some heads up i guess i was getting prepared and didn't know it because i i grew up in chicago Wow. And I was an insurance agent in Chicago uh, for many years. And that's why I started off in the sales business. And I was working in the projects. I had all of the projects for my area. I was selling life insurance and collecting the insurance premiums. Hmm. So uh, I was blessed to never get robbed. I was blessed to never 
have any issues while I was there. And I had some guardian angels to help look over me to make sure I wasn't getting robbed and mugged. Because every day I was walking with two, three thousand dollars in my pocket of collection premiums. Wow. The, the mothers inside of the projects helped to watch over me. And it humbled me to people because I found a lot of good people in bad situations. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think this is my calling because uh, if not, God would have changed my direction a long time ago. And I'm still in the people business 30 plus years later. So I think this is my calling. Thank you. Thank you. What would you like your legacy to be? Um, well, I think I would like for my legacy to be for my children to be able to whatever I leave them behind to be worthy to them so that they can continue on and live on and live a good, comfortable life. You know, uh, my son has been working with me for about 15 years. Uh, he works here in the office with me on a daily basis. That's a blessing to me to see him in it. Um, I have a couple of daughters that are doing their own thing. One's an attorney. I have, um, I have, uh, all together, I raised a total of six boys and two girls. Because I also raised my brother's four sons wow. when they were young. I raised them to be men that they are. So I look at uh, my legacy is my kids, all of them. My legacy is my, my strength and wisdom that I get every day that I try to give to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's I think that's my true legacy right there. I'm done. You know, I got I got a lovely wife too that I've been married to about 37 years. Beautiful. So I couldn't do any of that without her. So wow. that's my thank you man. That's a good stuff. That's a good thing. So you want to give your, your your information as to how anyone want to contact you and they want to utilize your services? How they can get a hunt get a yeah. of you? Absolutely. I'm licensed in the state of California. My phone number where I can be reached is area code 619-825-9560. 619-825-9560. And again, that is my um, office number. Uh, my email address is destiny6financial, that's D-E-S-T-I-N-Y, six spelled out, S-I-X, financial, at gmail.com, destiny6financial, at gmail.com. Thank you for that, sir. And I just wanted to ask you um, one question um, as we're as individuals and um, we're, you know, in uncertain times. Do you have any tips? You've been, you know, a serial entrepreneur. You've been doing this for a long time. Do you have any tips that you could provide for those that may be having to start over right now or just don't know what to do or in a, in a, in a place where, hey, you know, um, my job, don't let, they're not sure if the job is coming back and they have to start over. Any suggestions that you can offer? You know, yes. yes. I would say, Maurice, I mean, that's a great question. And, and no one's asked that question. But I always say, find your talent. Work on something you already know. Don't try to reinvent the wheel because the idea is to get back and get up and running right away. But mm-hmm. first, establish who you are. Nice. Establish who you are in business, meaning are you going to be are you going to be doing if you're going to be self-employed? Um, are you going to be using your own Social Security number? Or are you going to get your federal tax ID number um, so that it can have its own its own uh, ID? Or are you going to be uh, independent contractor? You know, either way, you want to have some type of business format going 
So if you are interested in becoming a business owner, the first thing I would look at is what's my strengths? What's my strengths and build on those strengths. You don't have time to reinvent the wheel. You got to get paid. So mm -hmm. go on what you know. Mm -hmm. And I would say, even if you're not, um, I'm not going to say if you're not legal yet, but if you know how to do it and make money, make <laughs> your money and pay for your licensing, get your right requirements in place, but you got to do what you have to do to get started. Um, you know, it's not easy. And no one ever told, gave me a roadmap to how to open up my businesses. I learned through the school of hard knocks. I probably got three degrees in it. <laughs> okay. Cause there's none of it. I went to school for but you live, you learn, you pay for your education. And I think I've paid enough. So, so, so it, it's all good. But what I would encourage anybody to do, if you have a dream of being a business owner, don't dream about it, make it happen. Make it, make it, happen. it can be done. Thank you for that, man. Thank you for your time. And I appreciate you taking the opportunity, taking the time out, you know, yeah. experience, strength and hope. And um, we're hoping that um, I know that some of that our listeners will be able to get um, something out of what you share. I know I've taken away some things from it as we're, you know, um, doing some things as we're um, looking to do more things and create this podcast to go and be able to assist those that can utilize it and benefit from it. So I want to thank you for your time. Um, we have about 60 seconds. Well, a minute left, two minutes. Um, would you like to share any parting words? Would you like yeah, to I would like to say Thank you so much for having me, Maurice. I'm well. Uh, I would be welcome to come back anytime. No, I'd be grateful. I'd be grateful if you ask me back again. Good, I think I will. Is that as much information as we can give to the community in which yes. we work in, the yes. better off it is. Yes. It's better for them, and it's better for you too. Yeah. Um, you are very knowledgeable, very educated, very smart. So they should be calling you on your end. Call me on my end. Right. Right. National thing covered, okay. Right. But That's if there's right. anything that I can ever do to help to, to be informative, I'm here for you. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. God bless. And we are, yeah. Oh, we